0: Welcome, friends. It's Cindy Silva. I'm here with Meredith Heronbrook today on the podcast. It's a wonderful opportunity to share your wisdom uh, with our listeners. Meredith, thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having
0: me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, you've written an awesome book. Um, I'd love to have you share the title with people because coming from your own voice, will be more powerful to hear you let us know what you've put together after of your life's work.
1: Yes. So this is becoming ridiculously awesome. Who doesn't want that? It's available on my website, livingyourawesome.com, and on Amazon and Kindle, for those who like more audiobooks or I guess um, more the computer literate. Um, so I wrote this book a few years ago because I had gone through so much of my own pain and trauma and starting off really in a really tough between a rock and a hard place and I was so frustrated with my experience and um and I'd gone to therapy and I'd realized that I was spinning my wheels after a time because I realized I was stuck in story uh stuck in emotions and although the acknowledgement was probably the most valuable of the therapy, it didn't actually create structural change. Mm -hmm. Meaning I didn't really start to understand how I was operating. I didn't understand how the universe always conspires with you. I didn't realize that the universe is always um, giving you what you want. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we have to be mindful of what we're telling ourselves. And uh, so I started this book um, actually as a chapter. It was going to be a short book about thank you notes because we had a nephew come to stay with us for a while, over a year. And I had done something special with him about budgets and so forth to help him get into college and and so forth. And uh, so I started this, um, this chapter because we had he had sent me a thank you note for my help and um and so it was very short and sweet and i said huh you know my etiquette brain was saying we got to kind of help you along with that i think that'll be really good and so we had him do three thank you notes a day for two weeks but they couldn't be any repeat people and so at the end of the two weeks uh i'd said all right you know we're having a glass of wine and 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 I said so how was it how what did you learn I was thinking just great you know learning how to to write thinking notes." so it was great you know what he had responded though which prompted the book was he looked at me and he he became kind of little in his face and he goes I didn't realize how many people loved me no And I was so floored at that lesson, like it just trumps the whole Emily Post lesson that I was just going for. And I go, wow, this is so profound, this gratitude aspect. And it got me to dive into it. And so once I started and finished that chapter, I said, my husband says, you know a whole lot more about that. You know, about NLP, constellations, traumas, phobias, and all this stuff. You could really help people. And because of my own personal experience, I can really, I think, dive deep into someone else's experience and emotionally hold their hand in a way that therapists who've learned about it, it's a very different level. So I wrote this book to help guide people through kind of how they're creating their experience, what they're they're telling themselves, how everything um, how we grow up and what like our developmental stages are mentally and emotionally. And so how it all plays. And I think the more we're empowered to be able to um, understand ourselves and just the structures and how we develop and how we grow and how our brain learns, Mm -hmm. then we won't feel so stuck. And we go, Oh, well, wait, I can change it. I can make it better. I don't have to manage it. I don't have to, um take pills for that it's like no we we can do away with that whole level of quote healing and really get to the root source of who we are where we come from and how we can move forward
0: beautiful i love it i i really appreciate what you're saying what i'm hearing is that um when you understand how the game works you can play with the universe, the way it's designed to work versus trying to strategize in a way um, that goes against the way the mechanisms of life actually work. So it was really about um, re-negotiating that uh, strategy of instead of I'm going to make this work according to my beliefs and the way I see things, it was like, no, I'm going to let go of everything I I think I know and I'm going to understand the way it actually does work and then change my behavior accordingly. This is what I'm hearing you say, but maybe it's a little different. No, you're absolutely right. And what I
1: do want to add into is kind of the we have preconceived notions on how it should be or how it it needs to work. And then, as you say, we take a step back and we can even look at it um, into two categories of power versus force. Uh there is the egoic side there's this i need to muscle it and there's a fear-based side to that as well this control this this um uh this fight that happens but when we start to understand that we are not victims that we are empowered that we're bright and shining amazing souls that have just been kind of covered with layers of stuff negative stuff negative teaching Um, misinformation if you will and when you start to learn how the world works and you start to peer into all the scary dark corners and start to let go of the old traumas and fears and belief systems well then your body doesn't have to manage and stay stuck now it's more free to go great what are we doing today how are we going to make this happen and 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 the motivation starts to come up and we get more excited and we're we're not so bogged down i think so many people right now are so bogged down from stress with the shoulds with the the rules and all these old things that if we stop for a moment or a few weeks or a month and go do i ask the questions, why am I stuck? Why am I doing this? For whom am I doing this? And when we start to uncover the, oh, I'm outsourcing, I'm, I'm thinking that I have to do these things for them or the outside world, and we start to get back to us and how we feel good about ourselves. When we start to finally understand that this is sacred and amazing, then life gets more fun and bright um, and energetic which I wish for more people all the time people are just so bogged down and and exhausted and they don't know why they're there they don't understand the mechanisms
0: yeah yeah well I think what I'm feeling as you say that a lot of being bogged down has to do with trying to control life and like I think it comes if we make it really simple it's like in um, any relationship if we're trying to control the other person and change them it's not much fun for either of us but if Mm -hmm. we stop trying to control and change someone and just get curious about the amazing unique individual that we're with and we instead of being a projector projecting on them we become a receiver and we open and uh, try to understand there's a lot more flow in that because no one wants to be controlled or projected upon, you know, yes. that they should be. So I feel like what you're saying is the, the bogged down aspect is self-imposed.
1: Yes, it is. I
0: mean, yes. There's other influences in life that are heavy, but the way we perceive that and relate to that is
1: Ultimately, everything is self-imposed, yeah. right? But the the layer above that that we see and that we respond to is, I think, because um, we come into this world and other people were here before us, our parents were here before us with rules and so forth. And when we're little, we don't know any different um, as far as um, the rules that were given or judgments that were given. And we try and play the part of surviving being safe and loved in our in our family in our society and so so we start off trying to adapt into the existing world but the cool trick is once we start to uncover that whole structure and we go oh well that they were doing the best they could they um yes it sucked or i didn't appreciate this or yes there's full of judgment But then when we get old enough, we can consciously make a choice Mm
0: -hmm.
1: once we let go of all of our attachments to their their belief systems. And that's that's the key component that NLP does is we um, disconnect in a very gentle way of what were your belief systems when you're little? What was the current environment or what was the environment then? And well, how do we want to look at it now, now that we're older and wiser? And so, and and we consciously are able to make those changes of not just reacting to the world or being a victim to the world. Is now we go well? I'm an adult. I have ten fingers and ten toes, and I have a brain, and I have my own light source, if you will. I have my own power here, and I don't owe anybody anything. And we we. disentangle, if you will, <laughs> unentangle this this knot that we um are just an appendage, if you will. But when we start to bring in that we are the source of our unhappiness, we're the source of our choices, we are the source of everything, all of our filters, that once we start to shift them and and understand that force is not the way. Fear is not the way that we have more of the love aspects that's more empowering. Um then when we are more empowered, then we are not chained to the old structures, and that's what I think it's really neat about right now. If you look at what's called the Schumann resonance, right? How the earth is is pulsing, if you will, um, there's just a lot of shifting what I hear and understand. It's not my expertise, so to speak. But what I'm learning is that things are shifting such that the old paradigms are kind of bubbling up to the surface. There's a lot of unrest because maybe it's uncomfortable, but at least we're able to look at it now. And when we can look at it and and objectify it and move through the old paradigms, well, then we can kind of go through this like emotional and spiritual car wash, if you will, come out the other side and um, lead ourselves and our families and society into a better place. But it's coming more through love and so forth rather than force.
0: Mm. Yeah. And then also with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, for those that are unfamiliar, you're accessing a different state of being right when you're um introducing these um or accessing what's there i mean underneath uh the conscious mind is the subconscious so nlp works with that layer beneath the conscious mind and so there's something there about we can't change ourselves from where we're at right like einstein said you can't um change something with the same level of thinking that created it or some something to that effect. So what I'm hearing um, with NLP and maybe even the family constellation work and the HUNA work that you do is that it's about getting underneath the fabric. It's almost like when you look at a throw rug, there's a certain pattern. And then if you turn it over, there's that same pattern But the pattern on top is coming from the pattern below. And so if we want to change the pattern, we have to go beneath what's underneath the rug, so to speak, and look at some of the patterns that we might want to reweave and see them then manifest in the above world or the conscious awareness.
1: That's exactly right. And the patterns have been there for a long time from our childhood, even before childhood in a previous life, if someone can go to that level um, of understanding that we are souls in embodying, you know, embodied in this in this form, that um there's so much that we carry with us throughout our lifetimes. And when things are unresolved um and laid to rest and 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 we're at a really good solid level of homeostasis when there is a pain or a trauma that has been unresolved um, we have to go looking for it and I have trained been trained to look for the root causes either in the mental emotional state of this lifetime or maybe the family soul state of unresolved issues from generations back that people have never even talked about um but still carries through uh and also the other thing that's really important as well is oh my light just went out um the other thing too is when we look at energetically um our souls can fragment like one of the things that is I find really important in HUNA work is That we do with soul fragments so when we experience something uh traumatic either in a death or a loss of a sibling or a loved one um or just an experience that's just so overwhelming sometimes our soul will fracture and and part of it will leave us so when i hear people when i'm talking with clients and they say i feel i've lost a part of myself I feel um, like there will be certain phrases that you think are a metaphor, but they're actually not. Um, I've heard clients say, I feel shattery. I feel less than whole. I feel, right, I've lost part of myself. Um, When we are not operating on the soul level of of being complete, then how can we fully experience you know what's going to be thrown at us, whatever we've we've even planned for, right? Pre pre coming into this world, of how are we going to be able to manage without all of our resources? So so, I get to the root cause of how we're creating our experience, what's going on on the soul level and the spiritual level, and then because we want to be able to meet the world in in a whole present space. And um, and when we can do that, then, as you were saying earlier, we can play. The world actually can be very, very fun once you understand the structures of it and you're fully present, but it's very hard to be fully present when we're dealing with traumas from the past, Mm -hmm. traumas from previous lives, entity attachment and so forth that It's very difficult when we are weighed down like that. And that's why I think, again, why a lot of people I find are exhausted and overwhelmed and lack motivation, because there are layers of toxicity that are not just physical. You don't just do a weak cleanse of lemon water or whatever. You need to kind of cleanse your soul and get to kind of a shiny new place of, wow, I didn't know I was missing these things, or I didn't know I was holding on to this old trauma. And so when you're talking about that rug, which you so beautifully stated, uh, of you know, let's look at the old patterns that we're still carrying with us that we don't know are
0: there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you help people do that. And so working with people, I imagine you work one-on-one with people. Um, can you give examples, obviously, without giving names of some breakthroughs that people may have had? through working with yes um I have gosh every client
1: I've had has been profound experience for them and for me um because what I love about this work and why I do it rather than being a psychologist is that we're able to make change very quickly such that you don't have to manage it, you don't have to think to be different, you don't have to have a checklist every morning of things to do and how to be. Um, One of my favorite examples is that um, I was working with a teenager who um, her mom had called me, she was actually her adopted mom, adopted mom, and she says, I've been everywhere I have gone to psychologists, I've been to psychiatrists, we've done medication, we have done everything, and she is um, almost failing out of school, she is um, having a difficult time with friends, she doesn't have, like, she's just... um, exiting society. She is just, and she won't eat with me. She'll eat by herself uh, at nighttime. And so basically she was isolating and she was just kind of turning off from the world. And her mom says, I just don't know what to do. And so what happened over the course of just four sessions was we ended up getting to the root cause of some of the belief systems she's had, we worked on family soul constellation work. Because she was adopted, there was a lot of entanglements about that. And when she could connect with her family and understand their their true motivations, which were very altruistic, that she could tap in and connect and know where she came from. And, And I think that really helped her soul. And she was able to step more into her power and be a whole person. And um, she learned how empathic she was. Yeah. And so when we started to just address all of these things, oh, and she had a pretty serious stutter. Yeah. At the end of the four sessions, so basically three and a half months, I would see yeah. her, you know, about once a month. She didn't really have a stutter anymore she was smiling, she was engaging and looking at me like present and happy. She had friends, she was getting A's and B's, she was holding down a job, like she was engaged and she was brighter, she looked brighter. And it was so exciting and and wonderful to see because um, who doesn't want to feel happy? you know, there's no rule in the world that you have to suffer. Like there, I don't know where, why we feel we have to suffer. We have to hold on to some rule, right. Uh, to make someone else feel better. And my whole heart belief is that our world is designed to, um, to be where we can be present and happy. And, and when we can get to that state then everything will shift, but we don't have to stay stuck. There's no obligation to. It's just I think a lot of people don't know how to do it, and so NLP and family soul constellations and Huna I think are as a beautiful triad of healing modalities to kind of tackle all the layers of you know the mental, emotional, spiritual, um, and physical even.
0: Yeah. 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 That's. That's beautiful. I'm glad you were able to help her. And I can see how, you know, when I spoke about the relationship, I I spoke about a relationship to another being, but that same pattern applies to ourself first. We're projecting onto ourself things that we're unconscious that we're doing every day. We wake up and live out of these unconscious habits. We're projecting the past onto the present instead of being aware and choosing in each moment. Yeah yes this.
1: absolutely we are totally living in the past all the time any trigger that comes up any fear and it's it's all from well a, an altruistic per, excuse me altruistic purpose of our brain to keep us safe and alive right. but then we're in conflict as we get older and we're like what worked when we were 3 or 2 or you know even 2 months old um grabbing onto the belief systems of our mothers even in utero when we are operating out of that past um and constantly reactive as you're saying you can't be present
0: yeah.
1: and, and that's and it's very difficult and and when you get to being present with the moment um there's nothing really to think about there's nothing to do like you watch you, it's quite delightful to watch things unfold that you're not making things happen you're not forcing things and it's this beautiful bubbling up and being present with it is a magical experience
0: Uh yeah great yeah and that that's uh, an interesting thing I find too I work with people individually and um I tend to attract a lot of sensitives and they've been you know conditioned to Deny their sensitivity Either they were teased when they were little because, oh, you're too sensitive, or it's just overwhelming to be sensitive. You take in a lot of information and feelings. And then when they come to realize that their sensitivity is not um, something that's there to um, punish them, but it's a gift for others as well, then it's easier for them to take a hold of that sensitivity, relate to it in a way that, oh, I can access information that other people may not be able to and share that and then I can be of service they start to turn towards their sensitivity in a way because it's been reframed and so just seeing things a little bit differently changes the charge on how we've been programmed to relate to it in the past where before we were reacting to it now we're responding to it Mm -hmm. and it's a level of maturing right it is and, yeah. and I think when I was growing up, my dad was
1: always very supportive of me being sensitive. Um, I would I occasionally have premonitions, of things that happen. Now it's up to three days in advance. It used to be six months in advance. Um, but it was nice to have that support of being sensitive. However, it is very difficult to get the right support when they don't fully understand it themselves and they don't have the tools or the the um, resources or knowledge and so when we don't understand something of course we kind of shut down and so but again the parents are always trying to often be altruistic right there's everyone is operating to get a reward Mm -hmm. right so even if on one hand the the sensitives um, are receiving kind of negative feedback if you will you have to look back into and this is where kind of the compassion piece and the curiosity piece comes in of well how are you making that choice how are you um feeling about this you know parent or or authority figure why are you shutting this down what do you fear and when we can get into that curiosity and and open up that dialogue then we can not um, look at people so much as cookie cutters. You know, we could go, great, so here are your your, um, uh, gifts and wonderful, how how do you wanna be able to share that? And when we have more of an open heart and mind of being more curious, um, then we can grow the community, I think, that much faster. But of course, when we're shut off and we go, oh no, if you do this, we fear some horrible thing. Yeah. Well, right. When we're in that fear state that, I mean, that shuts off everything very quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're speaking to that. Um, I like the word you use, that altruistic um, aspect of our biology on a tribal level to fit in. Because if we didn't fit in, um, we would not survive. So there's that program runs that we need to fit in. But yet there's this other program running that we need to be unique and individual and creative to be fulfilled so there is a balance of um fitting in in a way that you belong to something larger than yourself in a community but not not leaning too far in that direction that you uh don't have the um capacity or the courage, let's say, to follow your own unique instincts to move in a direction that might be counter to um, the communal consensus. And and it brings up this idea that has always come to me in my journey and witnessing hundreds of others is that there is um, a betrayal that has to occur. And we have a sense of betrayal being a bad word, but If we don't betray an old pattern that's no longer serving us, then we will never be free of it, the limitations of it. So we have to get comfortable with betraying something, and that's an uncomfortable experience to betray something. There's a lot of guilt that can come up around it. But if we see it as healthy again, Mm -hmm. then it's um, it's not something that we're constantly trying to avoid
1: very true and to that point when i work with my clients on when we go back into the past um, and try and find the root cause of their current experience often they'll be in conflict with something that maybe a parent said um, or or did and so forth and when we are in conflict with that old paradigm right I can see how you think that it's a betrayal, but often what happens is when I go, well, is it okay for you to feel differently or have another perspective? And that person will be okay and that you will be okay. And often when I uncover what the fear of the conflict is, we go, well, are you both going to survive? Are you going to be alive at the end of this even if you disagree well of course okay and so but we build our world up with so much fear and thus we control to try and overcome that fear um that when we can make a new choice and we know that ultimately there is no loss of value of something our parents love approval appreciation being in that fold when we know that we will still be okay coming out the other side then the um the hold of the conflict will no longer be there yeah there is no conflict but it's all the fears and so forth and sometimes yes we may might need to sail to new shores um and we might have to leave some people behind maybe they're super toxic and we go well do i have to have toxicity in my life well no but they're my parents. I think that happens a lot. But they're my parents, or that's my um, religion, or it's my boss. Doesn't matter who it is. But when we feel that we cannot be our true selves, um, I, I do wanted to say a caveat of um, without intentionally harming anyone. Right? When we are just doing our altruistic selves and say, well, I just want to be me and I want to create art. I don't want to be a medical doctor, this or that. It's like well at the end of the day who are you going to be living with myself who are you going to respect more when they are making those choices and when we right when we um, put everything out on the table and we can look at it more objectively rather than holding it so tight in here in our chests and our hearts with that fear when we can look at it and we go well and and we just ask the questions and we're curious mm-hmm. on how we're creating that experience and will anyone ultimately really die? No. Then we go, oh well, maybe it's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe, you know, maybe I'll be all right and and so forth. And often um the the fear of the conflict isn't actually like the how would I say this? the fear that we've created about the conflict often when we look at it out on this table when they've kind of felt okay after flushing this whole thing out often the parents will still be fine you know and they'll go I still love you of course I still love you like come on but we so fear that judgment and and um that pulling away of love it's the I think the greatest fear I don't think it's you know, Hey, I fear I'm going to fall off a cliff. It's, I fear that I will not be loved. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think drives a lot of our choices because we fear of that being taken away. Mm-hmm. And, and when that is assured or our self um, how do I say it um, our knowledge that we can't lose anything ultimately anyway,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Then you'll always make the best choice for yourself, no matter, you know, if a parent may or may not like it. Yeah. Or so forth. When we know that we cannot ultimately lose anything, then we will have freedom of choice to do just what we need to do anyway.
0: Yeah, that's very helpful. Thanks for helping me yeah, reframe that where um, when I'm referring to betrayal, I'm not be- I'm not thinking of betraying another person. I'm thinking of betraying the dynamic. Yes pattern that we've been engaged with that's no longer serving us right Mm -hmm. so um and when we betray a pattern or a dynamic that no longer serves us and it creates more freedom for us it's never personal in my opinion i mean it's a personal choice and the effort of course is a personal effort but it's a collective dynamic right so That pattern exists in other relationships as well. And when we don't um, feed it anymore and we move to another level of maturity where that's not attractive, then we lessen the hold that that pattern has on the collective. Yes. So I'm talking, you know, more about a transpersonal sort of relationship to betrayal. And it isn't a judgment about the other person. It's, It's more of a service. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? um one this isn't working, and one of us is going to have to raise the frequency or the bar and right. um, contribute anymore. And um whoever has the more more awareness is going to be the one' responsible for it, very true, yes. And
1: it's sometimes very sad when that choice is presented but when we ignore that need where you know that it's the right thing to do for all parties involved when you just know you have to make a choice because it is just better it will create so much more ease in so many ways sometimes goodbyes if you will or that shift um, can be sad but again, when we know how much we will gain from it or that the dynamic will gain from it, then everyone, I think, is better for it, right? Yeah. We are freed for ourselves and for that person. So I think anytime we can level up or, or address something and, and acknowledge it and look at it, um, it serves everything. It serves us. It serves them. It serves the relationship such that they can be free to then address what they need to address, you know and so forth I yes
0: I agree Mm yeah you know it's it's really enlightening to speak with you and um there's other work that you do that involves helping people with um, attachments things that maybe they're not conscious of that might be holding them back from making those kind of uh, choices to be responsible for leaving things that aren't serving them but are still comfortable familiar Um, and of course, you know, being real and authentic, um, isn't always comfortable, right? It's sometimes easier just to, um, go along. And so how do you help people that, um, know that they're in this place where a change is needed and they move in that direction, but get pulled back? Um, is there some way that you identify things that are keeping them from, doing what they know they want to do and need to do
1: yes to all of it um so what's really interesting about the human experience is that we're not just humans on this plane that there's there's so many layers of what kind of makes us us we have our soul if you will that travels throughout lifetimes and learns different lessons and experiences different things and as I alluded or talked about earlier, is sometimes when we have major traumas, we'll have what's called soul loss or soul fragmentation, and we kind of end up, you know, dragging our our little wearied souls into the next life, not being, kind of forgetting that that soul fragment is out there. What I love about and find really important about Huna, is that it's a it's a, a way to uncover what is maybe attached to us, meaning other energies that are out there, maybe they're different souls or who are maybe trying to be helpful. Maybe they're ancestors who are trying to be helpful. Um, And so there are energies that are attached to us. We have soul fragments to contend with. And we also have energies such that are like thought forms. I mean, imagine major curses or hexes. Um, you know, some people may not necessarily believe in that. And I totally understand because there's been so much television about it and they cut and they make it so what it's not, but just imagine this, if someone has a lot of frustration or anger towards another person, um, it actually, we feel it in our body, our cells react to it. Um, our light changes you can photograph the aura at different moments of feelings and thoughts that that's not just a physical reaction there's actual some other physicality to it that we project out into the world we influence the cells and all the atoms and everything around us and beyond it's been documented quantum in quantum physics and you can look at all these different studies about even the power of the mind affecting physical things and the other what is the other thing where if you turn an atom in one part of the universe that was split then the other atom you know on the other part of the universe will be affected as well so if you look at all this science which is kind of now collaborating with what a lot of people have understood for um eons is that one we're all connected, that what we do and feel affects other people and places and things. And if we go on that premise, then we go, well, if my thoughts and feelings of rage and I'm going to yell at someone or curse someone, whatever that is, that energy, it's not worry about words um, or titles is that energy affects other things. it affects rooms, it affects, people places and things and i pick up on all of that and or i should say a lot of it and what i've noticed is that people when they come to me are stuck not just because of their mental and emotional stuckness of their childhood but because of maybe things they have um, brought along the way traumas and memories that have been brought along ancestors who are attached who are wanting to help out and when we don't know what is kind of on our back if you look at like a big sack of all these little thoughts and feelings that we're bringing with us how can they not influence our experience so when i talked to earlier about how important it is to be really present i think very few of us are because we have all this that's attached so what i do is the first session i have with someone an hour and a half session where i clear all of that and i and i and i um kind of allow your soul to finally just be its soul in its body just on its own without being weighed down of all these old thoughts and feelings and curses and hexes and um and then we even just kind of bring in okay well what does your body need what energy does it need? Let's not just take things away, but let's bring back and, and, um, and allow more space and light to come in, uh, such that we can operate from a, a more masterful level. So I do HUNA work very much in that regard. And occasionally, clients will come to me and say, um, for example, a client many years ago says, I keep having this nightmare I don't know why I've had this nightmare. It's about this white house. I've never seen it before, but I just, you know, and I keep walking towards the house and then I wake up. And so I ended up doing what's called a journey, basically under hypnosis. I helped her kind of flush out what that story was and where that story came from. It wasn't from her past life. It wasn't from her childhood. It was from an energetic attachment who met her a long time ago and wanted to help but he brought his own baggage and so the white house was where this man lived and um and it unfolded such that i ended up healing this entity this man who had passed away long ago and i uh, ended up healing my friend and client and um and such that once i did that session she never had that dream again and she just felt calm and ease and she never had it again and that's one of the stories actually in my huna book which you can get on my website ghostfreeproperty.com and i'm going to be putting it actually on um on amazon for people to purchase very soon as well but i so i have lots of good ghost stories and energetic stories like that in this book in this book it's called uh what do i call it it's um it's, it's basically my huna ebook and so i have seven kind of ghost stories and and stories of where I've cleared homes and and kind of uncovered some very interesting histories and and um, beings out there in the world.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I think the world is becoming, um, well, consciousness is becoming more um, receptive to subtle energies, you know, with the rise in popularity of things like um, energy medicine, tapping, Qigong, Tai Chi, things like that, that yeah. are approachable give us access it's like a doorway to these subtle dimensions and um you know i like what you're saying with the nlp um not only does it work positively with someone like you who's trained and has skill with it you can use it in a positive way to affect people and clear things nlp can also be used in a way to infect people with things that are limited i mean not intentionally most of the time but just things that we have uh, said to ourselves or to others or others have said to us that like you said hexes or spells that seems sort of you know witchcrafty but uh, a hex or a spell can be something as simple as your parents saying who do you think you are or you know over and over these patterns um of you're too sensitive or um you're you're not smart you know or comparing you to your siblings all these things are um nlp because words are powerful and they contain energy and when we're young you know up to what i think seven years old we're mostly living in that alpha state which is so porous and um receptive that those those things stick in the soil of our being like seeds and they sprout into these things that you're helping people remove the weeds. And so I I feel like that's important to understand that if we go get assistance from someone like you who's working with NLP, it can be the reversing of some of the NLP that happened that we weren't aware of.
1: Absolutely. And it can be an innocuous small statement of who do you think you are or that one little thing and I mean I remember some things that I you know was was told and um and although we can't necessarily change who that person is or what they said we still can reset and that's what I and, and hoping to share with everybody and that they get as they as they watch this is that we don't have to stay stuck in that past or in that paradigm or in that pattern, that we can shift it very gently with grace and love and um and presence such that we can shift our association with it. We can become more empowered and not victimized by it. And where we can come to a new place of understanding of ourselves and that we're not being held by its power, right? If any anytime you're feeling that someone has power over you or um, their rules or judgments, it's like, well, what am I doing to help keep that alive? Like you're talking about that. Am I going to shift or are you going to shift? And all we can do is can't control anybody else. Mm-hmm. But we've got to control ourselves and go, well, how can I master this? How can I be more present and and awake here to then get to this next level? Because where I'm now doesn't feel good, feeling small and 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 all these negative things. And yes, it can be a very small comment or even a look, you know, someone will give you a dirty look. We I have two girls and they shoot daggers at each other all the time. They love each other. They'll be hugging one second and then someone does one thing that just sets everything into catastrophe. And but they will shoot daggers. That stuff has energy. Yeah. So we have to kind of do some cleanup and then be start to become more masterful or mindful of what am I thinking about myself? What am I thinking about myself in the world? what do I believe ab- about who I am and my value and my purpose and my meaning and when we start to take away distractions and all those angry words about ourselves that we just you know imagine a mirror what are we telling ourselves all the time that when we are more positive and more focused then the distractions and the and the negativity that we used to have in our in our world goes away because, again, when we shift in our vibration, it can't jive with it. So it'll go, it's just going to naturally filter out. Doesn't mean it's bad or good. It just operates at its own vibration. That's all it is. So if we are stuck, not feeling good about who we are or what we're doing or we're at odds with, hey, I'm a medical doctor and I want to become an artist, then you know like let's look at how and why this is happening and you have every right every possibility to shift that for yourself and i i just want everyone to go you don't have to be stuck no matter what you're feeling but if it's negative if it's self-deprecating if it's depressive and all these things then you're in the fear the force the old judgments old paradigms but it can very easily once it's brought to light you can go, oh my gosh, I don't, it's okay where it is, but I can shift through and above that to a new plane
0: and, and operate in this new paradigm. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, I know some of our listeners may not be familiar with Huna, and I know that you're very passionate about it and you're selective about this combination that you brought together. And I feel there's a reason you have adopted the HUNA practice. And I wonder if you'd be willing to say just a few things about HUNA, where it comes from, the tradition. Um, I'm familiar with it and I've always been um, very fond of it. So um, I'm no expert in it, but you are. So I'd love to have you share a few things about HUNA, where it comes from, why it's your um, go-to method as part of your package. Of course. So HUNA, comes
1: from Hawaii, of course, where I I would imagine all its people, all the people on those islands um, are very, very sensitive and very gentle. Um, and, and even the Japanese and so forth, there, there are certain people and cultures who are more sensitive and aware of that we are more than just a person in this life. And one of the the tenants uh, presuppositions of HUNA, Hawaiian Spiritual-Based Healing, is that they understand that we're in a co-creative process, that we're not just on a little ride receiving this experience, that what we think and what we feel is what we create in the world. So for example, if, you fell and tripped and you uh, were tripped and fell and and broke your leg they don't go what happened they go well how did you break your leg or why did you break your leg right that somehow in the subconscious that we chose to create that experience in just that way to have this result you know sometimes for example we will get sick. This is why I very rarely get sick anymore is one because of course, I take all my vitamins and do all these other physical balancing things. But when I know I'm just starting to get sick, I go, why am I creating this for myself? Do I need a break? Am I burning the candle at both ends? Where is the imbalance? And why am I creating that for myself? Do I need love and attention for myself? Right? Because when you get sick, sometimes well, you get a break? you get to watch TV, or you get to relax, or you get to rejuvenate in some way. So I always ask myself, how am I doing this? How am I creating this for myself? And do I really need to choose this avenue to accomplish that? So Huna really looks at how are you creating the experience? And also, what Ho'oponopono, sorry, Ho'oponopono is, is um, there are two prayers that I know of, Um, that are ho'oponopono, which means to make it right, is say you were super negative one day, or just throwing out those daggers and so forth. Well, we can allow it to build up and go, oh my goodness, this is the world is just a result of all this. But you can actually with thought and intention, clear it, Mm -hmm. set it to neutral. And when we can do that and kind of do our checks and balances throughout the day of our own thoughts and emotions and behaviors, then when we are kind of keeping ourselves in check and going, oh, even apologizing to someone, I am so sorry I said that, this is what my intention was, or I was having a bad day. When we can address things, acknowledge things, and make it right through either prayer or meditation, whatever is most appropriate then we can clear the decks again get back to center get into empowerment and then go forward more thoughtfully and more positively mm-hmm. and so huna is a way to one make it right emotionally and mentally but also clear your soul of energetic attachments um your home of, of thoughts and stuff it's like coats of paint yeah where whatever we think and feel in a space, most of the time it doesn't really feel like much. But if it's like a huge, maybe it's a huge fight or maybe a battle. There are places in the world where I walk through and I go, I don't know what it is, but I know I am feeling sad. And I know exactly that there was a battle here. Mm -hmm. And and I can and and it's residual and it affects us. So Huna is a very beautiful way to clear those decks and get the 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 land our property our souls kind of in alignment um such that we're not battling all that past again it's battling that past let's get to that root cause and clear it such that we can spring
0: forth into in a new way beautiful I love that you are um acknowledging it with such passion and also that um the system itself acknowledges the subtle dimensions and that, Um, the physical manifestation of our life is uh, an outpicturing of what's happening on these different layers. And so we want to make a shift here where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Um, We have to look at the multiple layers and planes of reality that this uh, projection of physicality is coming from. So That's a, a beautiful tradition and um, many traditions around the world are similar and coming into conscious awareness and getting um, shared and so that's good news that we have that validation that um, different parts of the world were picking up through their own sensitivity on this reality and creating their own systems based on that Mm -hmm. and they have certain similarities and certain differences but at the core it's uh, pointing us at an invisible realm that affects us. And when we can turn to it and relate to it, not trying to control it, but opening receptively and trying to understand it and to um, have some clarity in relating to that, um, then we can make some changes in our life that might bring more of that um, amazingness that you're talking about and pointing at in your book and in your work with people yes thank you I think again there is so much
1: joy to be had that why do we want to spend any more time being sad and depressed and under all these blankets of heaviness and you know once I started moving through those layers myself I go every time I would reach a new layer I go why was I staying stuck there so long Why you know why did I keep you know doing that and every level um, just feels better and better. And I really hope for anyone who is searching, is curious, is stuck, that they find whatever modality it is. Perhaps it's through NLP and family soul constellations and Huna. Um, but when you when you find that right vibration, where you go, "Wow, this is my next step." you know, then follow it. And, and your your body knows, your intuition knows what you need to do for yourself. But I will never subscribe to the fact that we feel we have to stay stuck for something or someone else. There is no rule that says we have to just be there and, and feeling horrible. And um, I think these modalities have really helped me and all my clients, you know, get to that
0: next level in a beautiful way. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And when you do take those steps, um, I feel like there is, like you said, the universe is conspiring on your behalf. There will be reflections in the world that say, you know, green light or red light. You know, that's how I kind of put the universe, like if it's flowing and there's synchronicity, it's like this is supported. The expansion that's happening through me is um, un. un- unraveling in a way that continues to expand but if I'm moving in a direction that may be pigeonholing it again there's red lights and it's like nope don't go here you know there's blocks or um obstacles so there is there is playful ways to um open ourselves receptively to what's um being shared with us by some by um all the forces of intelligence that Are the same intelligence that's creating through us. It's reflecting um, information back to itself through exchange. So I like to um, point at that and to to say that there's always information available, but are we always receptive to it? And Mm -hmm. do we know how to make use of it?
1: Yes. And you have to ask the question, though, you know, sometimes if we just hope for something to be better it's not necessarily going to be better we i think in our heart of hearts when we are really searching and you go i need help i need an answer to this or i need to shift this when it really resonates through your body of i'm wanting to shift then open your eyes pay attention to the seemingly innocuous synchronicities of, wow, you know, I had this great conversation with this person and, oh, they just happened to be working at this place where, wow, that might be something to look into for something I need for myself. Like, but you have to ask the question. You have to really want not just to receive it, but to help, again, co-create it. So if you are searching for whatever it is to feel greater ease or you want to level up in some way, you have to ask. And then give it time and say, okay, if you can tell me in a dream, right? But mm-hmm. if we ask more specifically, then we're more likely to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we're not just receivers and just kind of watching things happen. We are creating, we are vibrating it all out there. And then the right things will come back. So what I finally want to touch upon is when you said, if it's supportive, the one thing, um, when you're starting out on kind of this curiosity journey and, and, and um, noticing synchronicities and, and how the energies work, always ask the question when it feels kind of like, well, is this the right thing? Is this, uh, does it feel a little too shiny and too good to be true? Or maybe it's a little deceptive is ask yourself, is it supportive and your body will resonate happiness, you know, or it's like, mm, no, or I'm going to flush it out. And you have to know, is it your mind? Is it your heart? Is it your intuition saying it seems really good, but it's actually nefarious. It's really not where you need to go. But asking the question of, is it supportive is a really good step when you don't quite know, but just follow that intuition and then go down that path.
0: And you will always lead yourself to the right location. Wonderful. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Meredith. And our conversation has been supportive for you, our listeners. And I'd love to just give you a chance to share your website and the name of your book again, maybe hold it up for people um, as we close. Absolutely. So um, Cindy and everybody, this is my
1: book, Becoming Ridiculously Awesome. Who doesn't want that? on Amazon, on Kindle, uh, and also you can get it at my website, livingyourawesome.com, where I have articles and resources for other podcasts that you might enjoy, um, and uh, and also I do one-on-one coaching with people, and I do want to say that I, just this morning, have decided to launch, it'll probably be in a month, of a hub where people can really access um, more podcasts, more um, resources and so forth for people to, if they are not able to do one-on-one coaching, they can get a lot of resources to get new um, information and uh, and and courses so that they can just get unstuck and find greater ease with their life. So go to livingyourawesome.com and subscribe if you like, uh, where you can keep on that information as it comes along
0: will do i am going to go subscribe and um, i thank you again for your time and just your generosity your presence and uh, all the experience that you've brought forward today and the great work that you're doing
1: well thank you very much for the time and um so god bless all of
0: you and i wish you well on your journeys and likewise bye thank you for tuning in everyone until next time